Hello, and welcome to another edition of the John G. Moore Podcast. This week, an old friend. And I'm not saying old as in old. I'm saying been my friend most of my life, actually. Mary Carter Douglas. We went to school together from what grade to what grade? I'm trying to remember. I know you left in like the 11th grade and graduated somewhere else. I guess you just had enough of us. Um, correct. Graduated in San Diego, but all the way through uh, first grade. I was there in Ashdown with you. And we started school in 68. We graduated in 80. And so we were together for 11 of the 12 years. And uh, you and I eventually reconnected over Facebook. So Facebook has been uh, criticized for a lot of things, but I think it's also been good in a lot of ways as well. I agree. So where do you live now? I live in Mountain Home, Arkansas. And uh, this is called the Twin Lakes area. Just a little history of why this interested me in the first place and then why you and I began talking about it. About four years ago, I bought the Ancestry.com kit so that my father and I and my wife and my mother and sister, all of us could take this DNA test. And it came out that my father and I had exactly the same reading. It said that we were 67% British. And I remember telling my father, this thing is defective. We don't even sound British. And my dad said, I don't think that's how that works, son. That's not how this works at all. And then recently, I checked in again after about a year and a half. I had not looked at it, and it came back and said, hey, because there have been so many new people in your family tree and join your family tree, we have revised the estimate of what we think you are, and we now think you are 97% British. And they showed it on the map, and it was a very, very small basically a circle in the United Kingdom of where my ancestors came. Your situation is a little bit different. You, mm-hmm. you found out something a lot more exciting and different than I did. Tell us what happened to you. Well, I got my ancestry test in um, 2017. And mine changed um, maybe like a year year and a half into it, but um, my understanding was that with more precision methods of uh, determining where exactly in countries uh, the DNA came from, so mine changed up a little bit. Um, I am 55% Irish and Scottish and 42% English and 3% Norwegian. Uh, I had some German ancestry on my mom's side, but it didn't uh, show up in the test. It's possible, you know, for you to skip, I guess, you know, a little bit of DNA. Anyway, I did not know anybody on my father's side of the family as far as like a a family tree. Well, I knew very little, I should say. Um, When I was growing up, I didn't know my dad's family. When I did the test, there was a lot of a lot of people that came up. We had had a uh, first time ever family reunion um, down in El Dorado, Arkansas, a few years earlier, and I met a bunch of people down there I didn't know, and it was eye opening for a lot of us. A lot of us met family we didn't know that we had. So let's kind of get to the point of why we're even having a conversation. You found out that your father had a family you didn't know a thing about. Yes. It was a story that was told by our mother when we were young, um, but we didn't talk about it, of course, in my dad's presence. After he passed away, 
I decided I was living in Arizona at the time and I decided to move back to Arkansas and find some of my dad's relatives. I found I knew what the names were, the first names and the last name and um, looked up in white pages and I found my my brother, my half-brother, and he was the only boy. He was, of course, shocked to hear from me, but we got together. We had a little family reunion, but uh, it really got me wanting to know more. And so, like I say, in 2017, I, uh, you know, I did the DNA test. It came up with a bunch of people. Of course, there's so many, as you know, there's so many thousands of matches that you have. And um, I could easily pick out the ones that were from my mom's side. My mom's side was never a mystery, but my dad's side was. Now, was your dad's side a mystery because your dad didn't want to talk about this or want anybody to know about this? Or was it a mystery because he didn't know? He knew. He kept a lot of things secret. And so when did your father pass away? What year did he die? 1990. No, it was, it was that, I mean, it would take a very long time to explain, you know, um, everything that went on, but basically, um, our dad was living under the radar and, uh, off the grid. And, uh, in fact, he had, um, changed his name from the name that he grew up with to a different name when he left the family in Texas and met our mom in California when he was a trucker. So anyway. let me just clarify this because I, th- I think I think there's so much of this that we need to backtrack a little bit. Uh, yeah. Our guest today on the John G. Moore podcast is Mary Carter Douglas, uh, a school friend of mine from way back. We've known each other a long time. And the reason she is on the show, because of DNA partially and because of connecting with people that she didn't know she was related to, she found out that her father had an entirely separate family that you didn't know about. I guess, did your mother know about this? And she just didn't, your mother did not. No, it was was a hushed secret that was, you know. So your mother did or didn't know? She did know, she she was told. And she told us when we were little kids, she told us not to talk about it. I see. And we didn't, but after our dad passed away is, you know, when... So how many brothers and sisters did you have in the family that you were living in with your mother and your father? And then how many siblings were there uh, in your dad's other family? And did he have anything to do with them after you guys came along? I have three sisters, one older and two younger. And then in uh, his first family, he had um, a son and three daughters. That's a lot of kids. Yes, and that's not all. We found out that uh, he had more through DNA. Well, tell all right, so how many kids are we up to so far? That's eight. That's eight kids, and then after you had the DNA test in 2017, is that when you found out that you had even more siblings? Well, are you are we headed to, are we headed toward the Duggar clan here? Are we approaching? <laughs> we are. You're not real sure. Okay. Uh, um. Kind of hard so, to process. I can't even imagine. I can't I mean, even imagine getting tell. hit with this. It, it, yeah, it's hard to tell, and it's a, it's a long story, and and kind of disjointed, and uh, just pull me back from the weeds if I get too far off. Um, I also put some information along with one of uh, my younger sisters. We put some information on the family search 
DNA site. And that's a site that um, is used by uh, a lot of LDS because they're very much into ancestry. So this is the Latter-day Saints, which just for background, the the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or the LDS has an amazing what do you call a family tree already yes. put together it's called family search and it's called family search and they make yes. it available to anybody whether you're a member of the church or not correct that's correct all right we had some information on there i took uh, a dna test also there we knew that there was another story that our dad had had a girlfriend um also in south arkansas and um had had a couple of kids with her also that had something to do with the failure of the first marriage and um that tends to happen by the way yes yes that wives tend to frown on girlfriends yes so we knew her name we knew the girlfriend's first and last name but um we did not know for sure the two children's name we were contacted I, i was contacted um by a lady that said we have the same father, and uh, this is my name. And I asked her, I said, well, is this your mother's name? And I said, her mother's last name. And she said, you do know about me. And I said, yes. And she had, um, she had had a brother, and unfortunately, he had passed away in a, in a car accident. Um, but we, I had been looking for her in the, um, in the DNA matches and and uh, was unable to find her. And so, but she has since taken the DNA test and it's, she's, it's verified, you know, she's, she's our sister also. 10 children that, that your father had, right? Yes. Busy fellow. Yes. Very, yes. very busy fellow. Yes. What's fascinating to me about your story, Mary, is, is it's not unique. There are people all across the United States Mm-hmm. who are finding out very similar stories. And I think that's the two-edged sword about the DNA testing, whether it's Ancestry.com or it's 123 or whatever all the other ones are. People start out with the intention, like in, in my family's case, my father's family stops, our family tree on my dad's side, and my dad uh, died in 2018. But we knew nothing really prior to about 1900, because his grandfather and his grandfather's family were coming from, all we know is they were coming from the Carolinas. We think that they were headed to Oklahoma as part of the land rush, and when they got to Arkansas, which is the same area where you and I grew up together, my great-grandfather's parents died in the flu pandemic, and they just took the children into town on a Saturday and scattered them to the wind, and different families came in and said, We'll take this one, we'll take those two, we'll take... And they were just all divided up. So there was no family Bible, there was no one to tell the story, so we really knew nothing. And so all we had was a DNA test. And so I sprung for four of them. I thought this will be... My father was getting up in years, Uh, he'd been diagnosed with cancer, and I thought, well, this will be kind of a cool thing. Maybe we won't find out a lot, but at least we'll know something. But boy, did you find out something. I think the people in the United States who are finding other siblings, other families, they're finding out that their father is, isn't their biological father. or mm-hmm. that There's a lot of these things that are happening. And I don't think the, or if they did, I don't think the companies who offered these tests 
could have foreseen the kind of information that was going to, in some cases, blow up. Is that what mm-hmm. happened in your family? Did this blow up with anybody, or was everybody just kind of like, well, that's interesting, or was it somewhere in the middle? There weren't any um, blow-ups. Uh, it was you know, certainly a surprise um, to his first family that there were four of us and that he had stayed with us for basically about 18 years. That he had, um, he had changed his name. When he was born, on his birth certificate was a certain name. He got married, and he had, uh, you know, four children with that name. And then... Um, I hear your doggy in the background. Is, <laughs> yes, is that, is that, Di- is that Dixie? <laughs> Do we need to let Dixie in? Oh, um, why don't we let I could Di- maybe let her in, why don't but we she let... might be even more loud. Well, that's okay. Let's let Dixie in. She's quite the ball of energy. Well, tell Dixie that I have a peacock named Fred and a cat named Cola. See if that quiets her down. <laughs> oh, she'd love to play with them. Um, so when our dad uh, left Texas, and uh, not sure exactly what happened there, um, but he changed his name from the name that was on his birth certificate. So we grew up knowing him as Bill James Carter. Our mother had told us that story and told us that uh, that she had heard through an aunt of his that she had met at one time that um, his name was different and what his name used to be and, and that he had changed it. When we were growing up, we would ask, what's your dad's name? And he said, my real father's name is Dewey Carter. Oh, okay. Well, that was the name, you know, but that was just a name growing up. And so looking at my dad's birth certificate... It looks nothing like his death certificate. You wouldn't have, you wouldn't know it was the same person because he was born with one name and he passed away with another. Why did he want to change his name? Did you ever figure that out? Yes. Through the ancestry matches that I got, I kept trying to find the name that was on his birth certificate, verify that with DNA matches. And for about eight months, I just tried to do, I just, I tried to find that name. And there was, with all the, Literally thousands of matches, nobody with that name. And then um, I was looking at a, um, because Ancestry, of course, has all these incredible records. I was looking at a, a uh, 1930 census from El Dorado area, and it was a record that was attached to a DNA match that I had. And I was looking at this name, and then right above this name, as a next-door neighbor, was Dewey Carter. I was like, oh my goodness, what if, if they're related, Dewey Carter is our real father, you know, uh, grandfather rather, and not the name, you know, that he was given. Around about that same time, a, a very close DNA match responded to uh, my message. He just confirmed it. He said that uh, Dewey Carter was his great uncle, and that's why we had such a, a high match. And um, come to find out, he lives right here in Baxter County, Arkansas. What, was that a complete coincidence, or was there a reason? And I've, and I've met him. That's a complete coincidence. They grew up in Hot Springs. They moved from El Dorado to Hot Springs and grew up there. And it was just a, a fluke that he moved here to Mountain Home area. He lives in a town nearby. You're listening to the John G. Moore podcast, and, and I'm calling this uh, particular podcast today, uh, It's All Relative. I cannot imagine sending off your DNA sample. How shocked were you when you found was, all this out? I was very shocked. I was very shocked because, of course, 
you know, all we know are what we are told growing up. We're told that this is your aunt and this is your uncle and, you know, this is your grandfather and we don't have any proof. We take it verbatim, you know, what what we're told. And now with DNA evidence, you know, some people are, are questioning that. And it was quite exciting and, and, and just shocking. And we all have, you know, different reactions. Some of us want to know about our family histories and about people who are, you know, might be related to us, and some don't. Some people are more private, and that's okay. So what was the ratio in your family of people who wanted to know and people who just didn't want to talk about it? Within our family, it, I think some just um, wanted the info, and then some just didn't really care one way or the other or didn't have an opinion. Um, it didn't matter to them. Right. It didn't matter to them. But... But since I, you know, found some things out, they were quite curious, you know, what was found. And, of course, the first family and, and uh, my immediate siblings, we um, welcomed our half-sister. And she's just wonderful. We've all met her. And uh, her and her family, they're, they're just... That's one thing that we've done is, is we've, everybody that we've found or that have found us all been welcoming and... That's that's a wonderful thing, and you know it doesn't matter the circumstances that we're born into. We're all family now, you know. So does everyone uh, see a family resemblance? I mean, when you when you first met your half sister, did everybody go, "Yeah, there's no really doubt in that. She's our sister." Pretty much, pretty much, yes, yes. And uh, how many yeah. kids do you have? I have three daughters. And what did your daughters think about this? They were fine with it. They were they were interested. They uh, at first they were younger and oh oh there goes mom you know looking for more relatives. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. There's so many Arkansas jokes that can be made, right? <laughs> so we all know about Arkansas jokes, don't we? Right. Yeah, I was right. born. My father and I were born on the same date. Uh, we were both born on August 29th, and I always make the joke. But just to clarify, it wasn't the same year. Right. Yeah. Right. Give us the timeline again, if you would. Uh, our guest today on the podcast is Mary Carter Douglas. She and I grew up together, and after we reconnected on Facebook after many years of not knowing where the other one was, which was the case. I, for me, that was the case with a lot of our classmates. I lost track of a ton of people, and it was Facebook, that social media, that brought us back together. You're listening to the John G. Moore podcast, and today's episode is called It's All relative and it's all relative for my longtime friend Mary Carter Douglas who lives in central Arkansas and has probably one of the most fascinating stories any of us will ever hear about what would be considered the average DNA test I had the ancestry.com test is that the same one that you used Mary was yes. ancestry and yes. all right so uh, I don't really know the difference between ancestry.com and the one two three and all of the others I know some do some things and some don't was there a particular reason that you chose ancestry.com or is it because they advertised incessantly on late night TV I believe that it was the one that was the foremost one that was advertised the most and so I just have my monthly subscription that uh, I keep. I always go back at least weekly and um, and check it. I got a message in uh, 2018. It was from a young lady in Utah, 
And she said, I just got my results. You came up as a, uh, a close relative. And I was wondering if you might, I'm, I'm adopted. And I was wondering if you might know who my parents are. And of course, that sent me into a spin. Because when I looked at her DNA results, she not only had matches from my father, but she had matches from my mother also, which meant she had to come from one of my siblings. So let me make sure and I understand this. The DNA results showed that she was not the daughter of your parents, but of one of your sisters or your brother. She had matches that matched my mother's DNA matches and matched my father's DNA matches. So she wasn't on one side or the other. She was one of my siblings' children. There was there was no way about it. And so um, I made a couple of calls and um, at first made some waves, I guess. I mean, just by asking, I was trying not to be, you know, and I had told the young lady that I would talk to... Um, my siblings and see if they wanted to be connected to her. I would, you know, I was going to find out who it might be. And so when I talked to my siblings, they both denied it <laughs> at first. Anyway, I found out who it was and I talked to them and uh, they said, look, you know, you gave up a child. You know, if you don't want to admit it, that's fine. And if you don't want to do anything about it, that's fine also. It'll stay a secret if you want it that way. Well, she changed her mind and said, I want to know her. Give her my number. <laughs> and so that's how I got another niece. <laughs> You're sort of the gatekeeper for all of this. Has that ever dawned on you? Yeah. Yeah, it kind of has. <laughs> So. Do you ever wonder why you're the gatekeeper for all of this? I, why this didn't really fall on why I, this didn't I, fall on someone else? Uh, I don't because I opened that gate and yeah. I, you know, I stand by it. <laughs> I, I suppose. And then so there was that, and then there was um, one last thing, and I had uh, talked my middle daughter into uh, taking a, uh, a DNA test. In fact. She wanted to, and uh, it was it was a Christmas present. And so um, took her test and got her results, and she had a great time looking at all of the... And then she just kind of left her results there, and um, some people just want to know what percentage of this and what percentage of that they are, and they don't get a monthly membership. Last fall, I accidentally logged into her account instead of my own, and um, I looked at her matches, there was a, a male who was right between her grandmother and her half-sister, and there was a profile picture. The name was not familiar at all, but that picture looked an awful lot like their father. Excitedly, I talked to her, and she went and looked it up, and, wow, he looks a lot like me. <laughs> Come to find out, their father had gotten someone pregnant, in San Diego, and a, uh, a boy was born when he was an infant. He was put up for adoption, and he never knew who his real father was. He found who his birth mother was when um, he was a teenager. So my daughters have a brother, and my youngest daughter just met him just a couple weeks ago. She uh, went out to San Diego and spent the weekend with him, and the resemblance to their father is, is uncanny. 
just and he had never met him. Their father had passed away in 2015, never knowing that he had a, a son out there. He thought he only had daughters. Didn't know. Did not know. I have to say this. I would say of all the families who have purchased the Ancestry.com kit, you guys have gotten your money's worth. <laughs> I would think so. <laughs> it's been quite the ride. <laughs> yeah. Have you talked to anybody at Ancestry.com about, did you pick up the phone? I've, I've seen stories on television where people get the results and they call Ancestry.com or whoever the company is and they begin to yell at them and they go, You've mixed up my results with somebody else. There's no way that this is the case. I mean, what? So, did you contact him and say, no. "What is all that?" Or did you? No, ju- you, I knew it you, was knew. True. you knew. You knew it was knew. all true. I mean, DNA, scientific proof. And yeah. it's just, I knew it was true. I was yeah. just. So my wife is retired, but uh, DNA is what she did during her career. No. And so there, there is no. I learned a long time ago. You may lie to yourself you may lie to the cops you may lie to whomever but you're not going to lie to the dna dna does not lie thank you it does not lie (laughs) our guest on the podcast today mary carter douglas you left in the 11th grade did you ever think that you were going to reconnect with the classmates again? And you certainly couldn't have predicted any of the story that we just heard. But did you think we were kind of all gone? I mean, you got to realize when we graduated in 1980, there was no Internet. Well, there was Internet. It just wasn't called the Internet. And the government used it. But mm-hmm. there was no way for us to connect in the way that we have connected now. What, yes. what what were your thoughts when you left town? It's been nice. It's been a great 11 years. We'll see you later, maybe. <laughs> right. Well, no, of course, you know, can never predict. I never thought that I would be in contact with anyone that I went to school with in, in Ashdown. Uh, you know, of course, never even had a thought about social media or a way of even connecting with anyone back there again. And um, But it's certainly neat. That we have, that we have the... What, what do you even call this? 40th anniversary? Yes. 40, yes 40th, 40th, uh, 40th anniversary. Yes. Wow. Class of 1980. Class of 1980. I did miss graduating um, with everybody that I grew up with. So I, I thank you for that. Well, you're more than welcome. You know, you weren't the only one who left in the after the 11th grade. Um, there are people in our class that are no longer with us that have passed away. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know how much you've kept up with what's gone on in the... Uh, I think the most remarkable thing is that Kirk Mounts was elected a city treasurer, and I was in math class with Kirk. So the fact that... <laughs> The fact that Kirk is doing math for a living is a little frightening for all of us, I think. But, uh, yes. And I'm sure he's not going to think that's funny. But uh, That's great. Anyway, the fact that I'm in the communications business probably is ironic to a lot of people as well. So anything you want to add about the DNA test? Knowing what you know now, would you do this over again, knowing that, you're going to f- that you would find out what you found out? Oh, certainly. You no regrets. Uh, no, no, I have, I have no regrets. Um, I always want to know the truth, you know, no matter what that truth is. I, I've always been a curious person, whether you know, it hasn't always, you know, been the best, maybe. But to find out all of this information and to find out about family and 
you know, and give people answers. I think that's wonderful. People who have been adopted that want to know who their birth family is and to give them those answers. And, and I believe you had mentioned health issues that uh, are genetic to find that out. You know, Ancestry has that now. I haven't done that certain test, but they do have that out just to be able to see all these records and, and where you come from. You can see records from our, from overseas, Ireland, Scotland, all around the world and know that those are your ancestors. And speaking of that, I did find in doing the family tree back in the way back, I am first cousins 11 times removed with Patrick Henry. Really? Yes. Give me liberty or give me death. That's right. That Patrick Henry. Yes. Did you ever notice that Patrick Henry had two first names? Correct. Yes. And you know what you can do to confirm? Because um, I did that. If you think that you might be related to a famous person, you can go to a website called Wikitree, W-I-K-I-Tree, and you can put their name in. And when you do that, it's, it's called Wikitree, where genealogists collaborate. Are you on there now? I'm not on there, but I have a... Oh, you have a paper. So what did, what did, what did your search tell you? What did it say? Um, it says, okay, here are some DNA results from some known descendants of Patrick Henry. And you can download your DNA and compare it to one of these um, descendants and um, your ancestry DNA. And so I, I chose one and it ran my DNA against his and it matched, and it's for a very small amount, uh, seven centimorgans. Um, but it is a match, and what, eleven what, times. What is it? What okay. is, what's a centimorgan? What is that? That is the bit of DNA that you have in in common uh, with somebody else on a DNA match. So you looked up Patrick Henry specifically. You wanted to see if you were connected to Patrick Henry. That's because the records showed in my tree. Ah, okay. That he there was, was there. There was evidence. And All right. I wanted evidence before I said that. I mean, you know, and put him in my tree. Yeah, my luck. It mine would be like John Dellinger or Al Capone or somebody like that. <laughs> I, hey, probably probably who I'll be connected to. I've I've well, not looked at Wiki right Wiki Tree. I need to look that up. Mary, I can't thank you enough. You know, not a lot of people would be willing to go this in depth and and talk about this. And I think the reason that it's important that you were willing to do it is there will be other people who will come across things like this, and they won't know they won't know exactly how to deal with it. There's a couple of options people will have. One is to hide it. The other is to embrace it. The other is to kind of maybe sweep it under the rug, but talk about it a little bit. And the fact that you were willing to come on and talk about this at all, what what advice would you give to people? Because this could still happen to me. I could unearth something mm-hmm. and find out, you know, a whole lot of, um, you know, I found this cousin uh, last week in Florida who, what, did, what was it, a first or second cousin, and, and I'm actually scheduled to talk to her uh, here pretty soon, and I don't know that we'll do a podcast, but we're supposed to visit and try and figure out all of the ways that we're connected and which relatives and so forth. But I found someone who's in their early 60s, and they live in Florida, and I had no idea this person existed until I went back in and logged into Ancestry. But what advice would you give to people 
as far as what to expect, what not to expect, and how to react when you do find something that's a little bit unusual? Be prepared for anything, really. You can message people on there. If they come up, you know, you're you're matched with them. And um, just know that some people don't want to go into it. Some people only do it just to find out what their percentages are. And some people don't have trees on there. And some people have private trees and some people have public trees. Dixie is excited about all the trees there. (laughs) Dixie the dog who is speaking to us. Yes. Um, She wants me to throw. She lives for me to throw something for her. Go catch her. Um, Yes. I would say don't be offended if someone doesn't reply to you um, because they're, they're dealing with their own issues or, you know, you just, you never know. And some people are, are willing to help. Um, I found a lady that helped me out a lot. I kept calling her the DNA lady. And, uh, and uh, you know, and others are just busy doing their own thing. But there's, um, I, think it, I think it's just wonderful that um, the, the level of help that some people can give you. So is there anything before we go, anything else you want to add, Mary? I have found out that... There has been lots of folklore in families that have been passed down that you have some Native American in your lineage. And uh, I, I think a lot of people are finding out, as I have found out, that there is no Native American in our lineage. Uh, you know, our father believed that because that's what he was told. And um, there are little videos on Ancestry where you can look up, and you don't have to be a member, um, where is my Native American ancestry? People are finding out that it's not the case as much as was passed down from their their relatives and, and all that. So I just wanted to mention that. Well, I think another interesting point, Uh, along that same line, and I did make a phone call to Ancestry.com about this because my father's mother's mother, which would be my great-grandmother, her name was Granny Calicut, and Granny Calicut was, in fact, half Cherokee. And I knew this because she said to my face, and so she was. And so you would expect that when I got Mm -hmm. my DNA back that it would show that I had Native American, and quite a bit, right? Mm-hmm. No, because what I found out is you can inherit certain pieces of your DNA and not inherit other pieces of your DNA. And so in my case, it wasn't folklore. It was fact, but it didn't show up. Now, had my sister completed her DNA kit, which she did not, it's quite possible that she could have shown up with some Native American in hers, but mine did not. And so that's, that's what makes that whole thing confusing. But yeah, great point, and I'm glad you brought that up. My half-sister and my niece, it didn't show up on theirs either, which kind of, you know, leads me to believe that perhaps that wasn't true. Although our grandmother did look Indian, but we have no proof of that. Didn't show up. Well, I know that uh, my mother called me way before the internet and ancestry.com and all that. And she said, 
Um, we have all the paperwork filed, and I have bought you a membership card, which I still have. It's up here on my uh, my cork board, if you can remember what a cork board is. It's up <laughs> yes. here on my cork board with a pen pushed in it, and it says, John G. Moore is a member in good standing of the Western Cherokee, uh, the Western Arkansas Cherokee Nation. Right. And so when my mother called me and told me this, I said, well, this is great. What what can I get for being part of this? And she said, uh, well, you can you know, you can go to college and you can get uh, scholarships. And I said, well, I've been to college. Remember, you were at my graduation. So that's kind of already done. Can I have a casino? And my mother said, no, I don't think you can have a casino. So anyway, it, it didn't work out. I didn't get a casino, and it didn't show up in the DNA. But I, I think that is great you brought that up because there are a lot of people. Well, did who your sister that. have any children? My sister had one son uh, who is still with us. Uh, he had three children. Two of them did not survive. And so, um, actually, four children. I'm sorry, four children. And so there are um, two of those are no longer with us. But I would I would love very much to have the um, those kids if if they're willing and he wants to have a DNA test done on them because okay. because I think it's it's fascinating. Probably no one else I will ever meet will have a story as fascinating as Mary Carter Douglas. But uh, certainly I can say my friend has the coolest DNA story ever. <laughs> There's sure a lot to because it. You do, well, yeah. thank you again. No, thanks for being on the podcast. You've been listening to the John G. Moore podcast. And uh, I have to say this because it's true. Mary Carter, which was your name when we went to school together. It's now Mary Carter Douglas. Mary Carter was the quiet, cute, smart one in the class. You always were modest but you were obviously smarter than most of the rest of us, and you uh, never rubbed that in our faces. So on behalf of the uh, all the jocks, of which I was not one, and, and the rest of us who, uh, you know, skated by by making chicken skeletons to pass chemistry, I, uh, I just want to tell you how special it was to go to school with you. You're a, a swell person, and you're, you're even more impressive by the fact that you're willing to share the story because not everybody would do that. So thank you. Well, you're welcome. And, and it was so nice to get in touch with you again, John. You, you know, you were, you were great in school. Every, you were popular and, and smart and a wonderful writer. And, uh, you know, I'm just I'm happy that we crossed paths again. And, you know, hopefully we'll get to see each other at the reunion. Well, I'm hoping that you'll make it. Have a little dinner and just everybody can catch up. But thanks for being on the podcast. Well, so. Thank you for having me.